I'd like to speak about some areas that are relevant to Rosh Hashanah. We'll begin with the passing in Parshas Vashchanan. You know, when we talk about tefillah, we like to say that Hashem answers the tefillah of Klal Yisrael. But it's really not the fact, not so. Hashem doesn't only answer the tefillahs of Klal Yisrael, Hashem really answers the tefillahs of all mankind. Any human being that davens Hashem, Hashem answers the tefillah. Look in the Pasuk in Parshas Vashchanan, look at number one. The Pasuk says, Kimi goi gadol, Who is like Hashem? Who is like the Jewish people? That Hashem is close to. Hashem like Hashem our God. Whenever we call out to Him, He's close to us. In other words, the Pasuk saying in Parshas Vashchanan, Who is like the Jewish people? That whenever we call out to Hashem, Hashem always answers us. So the Pasuk, Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about the greatness of Kali Yisrael. And the question we have to address is, this is really not the case. This is not something that only applies to Kali Yisrael. Hashem really answers the tefillos of all the nations of the world. This is a question raised by the Grizz. The Grizz Rav Velvel, look at number two. Rav Velvel asks, Afal gav de iker ha'inyan shal tefilo uza'aka hare yeshna gambu m'saylam. Even though the whole concept of prayer and crying out to Hashem applies by the nations of the world. Where do we see that? How do I know God answers the prayer of all the nations of the world? Find a Ninveh. Remember, Yonah goes to the city of Ninveh. He tells them, do tshuva because you're going to be destroyed. What do they do? They cry out to Hashem. And Hashem answered them. They weren't Jewish. They were, right? They weren't Jewish. What about Begam B'Tfilah Shlomo? Also, when it comes to the Tfilah of Shlomo HaMelech, he davened. The Shlomo davened when he inaugurated the Beis HaMikdash. He said, even a non-Jew is not part of the Jewish people, Hashem turned to His tefillah. So we see Hashem answers the tefillah of all peoples of the world, all nations. And we're going to say, there's a Pasuk in Yishai, and we say this in the Slichais, right? The Beis HaMikdash is a house of prayer. It doesn't say, Yisrael. it says, so why does the Pasuk say, look how great Klai Yisrael is. They davit Hashem, Hashem answers. Hashem answers everyone's tefillah. Nothing special about the Jewish people. So why does the Pasuk say, Ki mi goi gadal Another question. If you look at number three, this is a Pasuk in Pasha's Balak, but those who are familiar with the Rosh Hashanah davening will immediately see this is not only a Pasuk in Pasha's Balak, it is one of the, the psukim of Zechreinos, right? We say, God does not see any fault among the Jewish people. He doesn't see anything wrong with us. God is with the Jewish people. The trua of the king is with the Jewish people. What does it mean, the trua of the king is with the Jewish people? Says Rashi. How do you say friend in Hebrew? The Ahavta. Lereacha kamecha. Rea. Rea is a friend. Rashi understands truas melechboy means a language of friendship. It was truas melechboy. What does that mean? Says Rashi number four. Lashon chiba vereos. It means we have the friendship of Hashem. In other words, God is the creator of all mankind. God is the master of the world for even the nations of the world. God is the creator, the master, the king. But when you talk about relationship, when you talk about friendship, that only applies to the Jewish people. In other words, Balak is Bilam is saying, God does not see any fault with Yaakov. God does not see any problems with us. And not only that, we have his friendship. 
we're close. We're, we're, we have a achva, a brotherlyhood with Hashem. Fine, that I can understand. So the why, don't, why do we have to go through uh, all the davening and everything? I mean, what, maybe we should just do the Kiyashel for Oh, so it's so far, so far, Truas Malach doesn't nothing to do with Shofar. No. Truas Malach means according to Rashi, we have this friendship. Reyos, Usiruas Malach We have Hashem's Terua. Terua according to Rashi just means friendship. But look, like there's another way to learn the Pasuk. Ibn Ezra says, Shruas Melech doesn't mean friendship. Shruas Melech says Ibn Ezra number five. By the way, the name of the commentary is Ibn Ezra, not Evan Ezra, like most people say. Evan means stone. He was Ibn means son of. Ibn Ezra, he was the son of Ezra. Usruas Melech, boy, says Ibn Ezra, Bemachana Yisrael. The Trua of the king is in the Jewish camp. Where is the Trua of the king in the Jewish camp? This is what it means, you should blow the Chua. In other words, according to the Ibn Ezra, you know what Philem is saying? Look how great the Jewish people are. God looks at them, He doesn't find anything wrong with them. And not only that, the Jewish people have a shofar. Look how great they are. They have a shofar. Who cares they have a shofar? Well, what's the big praise? I understand according to Rashi. Philem is saying, look how great the Jewish people are. They have friendship with Hashem. But according to this other explanation of the Ibn Ezra, what is so great about us that we have a shaifar? Who cares? We have a lot of things. We have a... Bilam didn't say, look at the Jewish people. They have a lul of an esrog. They have... Uh, look how great they are. They have matzah. Look how great they are that they wear a talus. They have tefillin. They have a lot, we have a lot of mitzvahs. Bilam didn't say a word about them. So why does he pick on shaifar? He says, we have the shaifar. Big deal. What's the big deal? And this is a question raised by... The Grizz also. The Grizz asked this question in the Sefer Shaila Torah. It's brought down in the Sefer Shaila Torah. So one thing we have to understand is why in Parshas Vaschanan do we say, look how great the Jewish people are. Whenever we call out to Hashem, He answers. Hashem answers everyone's tefillah, not just the Jewish people. He answers even the nations of the world. And another issue is, why does Bilam say, look how great we are. We have true Asmelech. Who cares? We have a lot of mitzvahs. Why is He picking on the shofar? Maybe with the Goyim, though, the reason they would say it is because they, most of them do a Vodah Zara, no? Yeah. No? Most, most. So they're not really praying to Hashem, they're praying to that Vodah Zara. So the the Vodah Zara is not going to answer their... Uh, their, uh, their uh, yeah, if they would dive into Hashem, they would be answered, right? Maybe they would answer, but most they get the wrong address. It's all, all of it's a Vodah Zara when you, say, when you look at it. I mean, Christianity is a Vodah Zara. Uh, the Muslim sits about the Zara, you know, so it's all about the Zara. So, yeah. True. But the issue we have to discuss is yeah. why does the Pesach say, Kali is so great, whenever we call out to Hashem, He answers? If the nations would call out to Hashem, He would answer them also. As I'm saying, that's the secret. They don't get it. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't ask the right person. Right. They're, they're asking, they're going to the Abad Zara. They're asking the Abad Zara to. to, to, to uh, uh, to meet the Bakashas, you know, to answer the Bakashas. But uh, Badazar is nothing. It's uh, whoever, you know, whatever it is. It's a person or a, a, in, in the olden times it was, uh, you know, a statue or like the uh, like the ego or whatever it was. So how, how, how is it going to answer? They, they didn't get, you know, they didn't get the thing. And even the Jews didn't get it because they always fell into to, to going for Badazar too. They got, they got sucked into the Badazar also. 
Okay, so now I'm saying they didn't realize it themselves. The Jews themselves didn't even realize it. Right. The you know, the, the will, uh, will help. Okay, so let's see. We're going to come back to this. Another thing we're going to discuss is that you realize many people, many ballet tekiya, many people who blow the shofar, they have a custom that when they make the bracha on the shofar, they keep the shofar covered in a bag under the shofar bag, under the bima. The shofar is not out at the time of the bracha. They make the bracha, they pull the shofar out, and they blow. That's a custom. Many people have that minog. Question is why? In Bakesh, it's hidden. But the, the, here, the issue is though, that's, that's many people do. They cover the shofar at time. That's time, Judy, when, when we blow, we'll call you up so you can work. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is... Not everyone does it. Not everyone does it. The women don't see anything what's going on behind the mafitza, what's going on really, you know, the real thing. <laughs> but the question is why, and, and it's more of why you should not be allowed to cover the, the shofar. Why not? When you make a bracha on tefillin, when do you make the bracha? When you take it out of the bag? No, because if you were to make the bracha when you take it out of the bag, it would be too much of an interruption between making the bracha and doing the mitzvah. What do you do? You put it on your arm. You tighten it almost so that you make the bracha and then all you do is give a little squeeze. Meaning you want the bracha to be right before you do the mitzvah. You don't want there to be an interruption between the bracha and the mitzvah. Or for instance, when you make a bracha on a talis, you make the bracha when you take it out of the, the bag? No. You hold it up o right over here, and you make the bracha right before you do the atifa, because you want the bracha to be immediately before the mitzvah. Even a, a woman makes the bracha on the Shabbos candles after she lights. She can't do it before she lights, because then she'll already be Makabo Shabbos, she'll accept Shabbos, she won't be able to light anymore. But Yamtif, Yamtif, she makes the bracha, and then she lights. She doesn't make the bracha when she's uh, taking the match out of the box, she, light, she takes the candle, when she's about to light, then she makes the bracha. The bracha is supposed to be right before you do a mitzvah. That's a great principle in the Gemara. A bracha has to be over lasiyasim, which means right before you do the mitzvah. So the question is, what are you interrupting? You're covering the shaifar, and then, and then you make the bracha, and now you have to blow it. So you have to pull it out from under the bag, put it in your mouth and blow it. No, why do you do that? You know what you should do? Hold the shaifar right by your mouth, Say the bracha, so as soon as the bracha is over, you'll be able to blow right away without any interruption. True or false? There is a mitzvah on Rosh Hashanah to blow a shofar. Right? There's a mitzvah to blow a shofar, right? Wrong. I did the mitzvah to hear the shofar. There's no mitzvah to blow the shofar. There's no mitzvah to blow a shofar. The mitzvah is to hear the shofar. If the mitzvah was to blow the shofar, then only one person in the shul would be Yotze, the guy who's blowing. The mitzvah is to hear the shofar. The Rambam writes in number 8, Mitzvah sasei shal Torah, the mitzvah of the Torah is l'shmoya trua sashofar, to hear the trua of the shofar Barosh Hashanah. And the Rambam, besides writing the Yana Chazaka, he also wrote a series of responsa called Shalas Tshuvas Pe'er Hadar, and he compares it, true or false, there's a mitzvah, to build a sukkah. No? no? To, to sit in the sukkah. Mitzvah is to sit in the sukkah. Building the sukkah is what we call heksher mitzvah. It's a preparation for the mitzvah. There's no mitzvah. It doesn't say in the Torah you have to build a sukkah. It says in Torah, Basukos teishvushavasim. Sit in the sukkah. 
There's no mitzvah to build. You don't make a bracha when you build. You make a bracha when you sit. Is there a mitzvah to tie the lulav together with the hadasim and the arabas? There's no mitzvah. The mitzvah is to take it. You have to tie it together in order to take it. Tying it together is hefsher mitzvah. Building the sukkah is hefsher mitzvah. Says the Ramam, blowing the shofar is no mitzvah. It's hefsher mitzvah. It's a preparation. You're preparing to be able to do the mitzvah. The mitzvah is listening. That's why, what bracha do you make on the shofar? You don't say, al shofar. You say, Right, to hear the sound of the shofar. Says the Abnei Nezer, unbelievable thing. Friday night, Shabbos day, you cover the challah. Why do you cover the challah? Because the challah is going to be embarrassed. Why is it going to be embarrassed? Because technically you can make Kiddush on, on the challah. Technically. But we don't do that. We opt for a better option. We opt for the, making Kiddush on the wine. But really you can make Kiddush on the challah. When you make Kiddush on the wine, the bread is sitting there, its face is turning white. It's, it's turning white like a ghost. Even if it's burnt, it turns white. Why? Because it's embarrassed. Why aren't you making Kiddush on me? I'm not saying anyone burns the challah. But why aren't you making Kiddush on me? You can make Kiddush on me. Why are you making it on the wine? So we cover the challah because the challah is embarrassed that you're not making Kiddush on it. That's the reason you cover the challah. It's the same thing with the shofar, the Avni Nezer says. Is the mitzvah to blow the shofar? No. The mitzvah is to hear the shofar. The mitzvah is not the shofar itself. The mitzvah is the sound produced by the shofar. So therefore, when we're making the bracha, kol shofar, to hear the sound of the shofar, the shofar is embarrassed. Hey, why don't you make a bracha on me? Why are you making a bracha to hear the sound of the shofar? Why don't you make a bracha to blow the shofar? So therefore, we cover it. We cover it at the time you make a bracha so that the shofar should not be embarrassed. Okay, so again, the mitzvah, you, you walk out of the shul tonight and someone stops you on the corner and he says, is a mitzvah to blow the shofar? No, no mitzvah to blow the shofar. The mitzvah is to hear the sound of the shofar. Now, the shofar, what animal does it have to come from? It could come from a ram, it could come from a goat, it could come from a kosher animal. It cannot come from a cow. It cannot come from a cow. Why not? Says the Gemara, there's a rule, Ein kategar nasa sanegar, which means a prosecuting attorney cannot become a defense attorney. If you're trying to use something as a defense, if that defense is more of a prosecution, you're in big trouble. Right? It's like, you know, you call, you, you know, they accuse you of, of abuse. So you bring in, you bring in your wife to, to testify on your behalf. The only thing is, she's wounded on her face. So the, the judge says, what's that? Oh, nothing. You tried to bring her in as your defense attorney, and instead she's your prosecutor. Because uh, the evidence is very clear. So it's the same thing on Rosh Hashanah, you're blowing the shofar. But if it's of a cow, Hashem is going to be reminded of the ego, of the sin of the golden calf. So you can't use the shofar of a cow. So the Gemara asks, look at number 11. The Gemara asks, look at number 11. Ula Amar, Ula says, Hainu time of the Rabbanon. This is a reason for the Rabbanon, who say you can't use the shofar of a cow. Kid Rav Chista, like Rav Chista said. The Amar Rav Chista, Rav Chista said, Ayom Kippur, when the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, what type of clothing does he wear? Normally the Kohen Gadol has Shemona Begadim, eight garments, which are mostly made out of gold. But when he goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, does he wear his eight garments? No. Why not? 
Why doesn't the Kohen Gadol enter the Beis HaMikdash, the Kodesh HaKdashim, with his golden clothing? The prosecuting attorney cannot be your defense attorney. Here he's going in to get Kapar for Kal Yisrael, but he's wearing the golden clothing. Hashem's going to say, hey, you just reminded me about the Chet of the golden calf. So therefore, when he goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, what kind of clothing is he wearing? White clothing. Therefore, the Gemara says, that's why a chauffeur is not allowed to be the chauffeur of a cow, because you're blowing the chauffeur to defend the Jewish people, then you're reminding Hashem of the Chero Egal. Says the Gemara, if that's the case, why does the Kohen Gadol wear his golden clothing the rest of the day when he's doing the Avodah, not in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in the Kodesh? V'ha'ika big dezav mibachotz. But what do you mean? The rest of Yom Kippur, he is wearing the golden clothing. Isn't that going to remind Hashem of Chayr uh, Egal? So Gemara says, no. Mi bifnim ka'amrinan. It's only a problem when you go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. When you go into the inner sanctum of the Beis HaMikdash, that's the real defense for the Jewish people. That's when you can't wear golden clothing. On the outside, you can wear golden clothing. So the Gemara says, so in that case, when you blow the shofar, you're blowing it in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? You're blowing it in the Holy of... You're blowing it at the Bima. So there should be no problem of reminding Hashem of the Egel. Just like in the Beis HaMikdash. Where was the problem? The problem was only in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there's no problem reminding Hashem of the Egel. So the shofar also. What, the guy goes into the Aron Kodesh, you lock the door behind him and he blows the shofar in the Aron Kodesh? No, he sees the middle of the shul. Right? If he's blowing, if we would stuff him into the Aron and he would blow the shofar, so I understand. He can't blow with a cow, it reminds Hashem of the Egel. But he's blowing in the middle of the shul, why can't he blow the shofar of a cow? Says the Gemara, Since shofar reminds Hashem of our merits, it is like we're going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Since the shofar reminds Hashem of our merits, it's as if we're going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. What does that mean? What does that mean? Why is it like we're going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim? When you blow the shofar, it's like going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim? And that's why it can't be the shofar of a cow? Another question. Again, the mitzvah on Rosh Hashanah is to hear the shofar. What do we say at the end of Shofaros? We say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Bless are you Hashem, Shoimea Koyol Truas Amo Yisrael Barachman. Hashem, you are blessed. You listen to the sound of the shofar. What do you mean, Hashem listens to the sound of the shofar? I thought it's our mitzvah to listen to the shofar. Since when is Hashem listening to the shofar? Why, why is Hashem listening? Hashem it should say, Blessed are you Hashem, that you gave us the mitzvah to listen to the shofar. We're our mitzvahs to listen to the shofar. Why are we saying, blessed are you, God, that you listen to the shofar? Plus, plus, you should know, every concluding bracha of any bracha we ever make, we find those words in Tanakh. We find it in Tanakh. Where in Tanakh does it say, Hashem listens to a shofar? It doesn't say that anywhere. Hashem listens to the shofar. The mitzvah for us to listen to the shofar. Since when is there a mitzvah? Since when does Hashem listen to the shofar? Another question. Look in the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says, at the beginning of the halachas of Elul, first he tells you halacha for Sfaradim. He says, look at number 13, Nohagim lakum ve'ashmaires laimar slichos. The minog is to wake up early to say slichos, the and supplications, me'rosh chodesh Elul ve'elach. 
from Rosh Chodesh and on, Ad Yom HaKippurim. So the Shulchan Aruch says, for Sfaradim, you say Slichos, beginning Rosh Chodesh, until Yom Kippur. 40 days, 40 days of Slichos. Okay? Do Ashkenazim do that? No. We have it easy, right? We wake up. So the Shulchan Aruch says for Sfaradim, you say Slicho starting with Shulchan Aruch all the way to Yom Kippur. Says the Ramah, but we don't do that. Ashkenazim don't do that. Well, Minak B'nai Ashkenazim, okay, Ashkenazim don't do that. But listen to what he says. So what do we do? Mershah we blow shofar. So Sfaradim wake up early, they have to torture themselves and wake up early and out early. But what do we do? We blow shofar. What? What's the connection between the two? I don't know. We don't, do, we don't blow. We don't blow shofar. No. Right. So Shulchan says, Sfaradim, they say Slichos. Ashkenazim, we don't do that. Instead, we blow shofar. Is that a replacement? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> That's a question. You know, they daven and we blow shofar. Why? Is there, is there any connection? They, they daven, we blow shofar. What does one thing have to do with the other? Yeah, I think they got some connection to that, you know. Another issue. Another issue. There's a go- machlokis, look at number 14 in, the, in Gemara Rosh Hashanah. What should a shofar look like? What do you mean, what should it look like? What are the choices? One opinion says it should be bent, like we have. One opinion is straight. Gemara says, what's the machlokas? What's the dispute? One opinion says that on Rosh Hashanah, it's better to bend your mind, meaning be humble. Be humble. So therefore, the shofar should be humble. Should be bent. Another opinion says, straighten out your crookedness on Rosh Hashanah. Straighten yourself out. Make yourself straight. So the shofar should be straight. Rashi explains, what are these two opinions? Rashi says, look in the Gemara Nivamas. The Gemara Nivamas says, how should you stand when you're davening Shemona Esrei? Should you bend yourself down? Should you lower your head with your eyes down? Or should you straighten out with your eyes upward? The opinion that says you should daven bent says a chauffeur should be bent. The opinion that says you should daven straight says chauffeur should be straight. So what we see from here is that the chauffeur has to look like the way you daven. If you daven and then we come out that when you dive in, your head should be, your eyes should be down. That's why the shofar is bent. There's another opinion that you should be straight, so the shofar should be straight. But apparently, you see, there is a connection between the shofar and tefillah. The way you dive in is the way the shofar should be. And therefore, we're going to present a very incredible idea that aside from the mitzvah to hear the shofar, there's another aspect of shofar. You know what the shofar is? The shofar is a prayer. It's a tefillah. When the Baltokeah blows the shofar, he is giving forth a tefillah. It is a prayer. It's not a regular, normal prayer you say with your mouth, blah, 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 right, with your lips. This prayer is a different type of prayer. What kind of prayer is? It's a tefillah that comes from your heart. It's a tefillah that bypasses the vocal cords. It bypasses the teeth, the lips, the tongue. It is a tefillah that emanates from your neshama. And therefore, if normally you daven bent over, the shofar has to be bent because the shofar is davening. It is a form of tefillah. It's a form of tefillah. We ask the question. The Gemara says that when you blow shofar, it's like standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Why? When you blow shofar, it's like standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? Yeah. 
Because we know when you dive in Shemona Esrei, the halacha is not only are you supposed to face the Beis HaMikdash, not only are you supposed to face Yerushalayim, there's a halacha when you dive in Shemona Esrei, you're supposed to imagine yourself as if you're standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. halacha. When you begin Shemona Esrei, you imagine yourself you're standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. If that's the case, then shofar has to be the same way. When you blow shofar, you are issuing forth a tefillah, you're issuing forth a prayer. If you're issuing a prayer, it has to be as if you're standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Oh, you're standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. You can't bring up anything that could possibly be an accusation against the Jewish people. You better not blow the shofar of a cow, because if it's a shofar of the cow, it's going to remind Hashem of the Chedo Egel. But what do you mean? I thought that's only a problem if you're inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. You're not blowing the shofar in the Aron Kodesh. Yeah, you are. You are. Since... The shofar is a tefillah. It is as if you are standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. It's as if you're standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But how can we picture ourselves to be in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? The only one who is allowed to go is the Kohen Gadol. Oh. How, how can we even imagine, you know, why that we should go in if we're not a Kohen Gadol? If we would go in, we would be immediately be killed. Even if we so, a Kohen went in. Physically, we can't go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But... In your mind, the way the Nefesh Shachayim explains it is that at least there are two Beis HaMikdash. There's a Beis HaMikdash Shomata, there's a Beis HaMikdash Shomala. There's spiritual Beis HaMikdash every Jew has access to when you daven. So you're supposed to imagine yourself, you can't physically be there, but in some sense, somehow, spiritually, you can imagine yourself as if you're there. So shofar, what we're saying is it, it, the blowing of the shofar is a form of tefillah, it's a form of prayer, Right? After the Chazan, after the Baltikeah blows the shofar during Chazar Sashatz, what does everyone say? Aresha Sifaseinu, right? Aresha Sifaseinu. What do we say? Aresha Sifaseinu Yerav Lefanecha. Hashem, our words should be sweet before you, meaning our tefillah, and listen to the shofar. What's the connection? In the same tefillah we say, Hashem, listen to our tefillah, listen to the shofar. What, it's the same thing? Yeah, it's the same thing. Shofar is a form of prayer. It's not a typical prayer. It's intense prayer. It's emergency tefillah. During Rosh Hashanah, we can't rely on regular davening. We need an emergency, intensive form of prayer. So we bypass the regular vocal cords. We blow the sound that instead of emanating from our mouth, emanates from our neshama. It is a form of prayer. That's why anyone here ever daven in a Nusuch Sfarad Shul, Right? They blow the shofar in the middle of the Shtul Hashanah, in the middle of the Shonah Yeah, they used to do it here. Some Ashkenaz Shul did Rabbi Lach had a minute, he liked to blow it. He blew it in the... In the Kwaii Shonah Yasser. And Nusuch Sfar does it, Nusuch Ashkenaz usually not, but it happened. It's easier to blow it because you know, you divide it more. Oh, you divide it up. So it's not as hard. Then you don't have to blow as many as the end. But, but if you think about it, you're blowing shofar in middle of Shmon Esrei? Well, what is that? You ever see anyone do any mitzvah in middle of Shmon Esrei? One second, I'm in middle of Hashem, wait one second. I just have to take my Lua of an Esrei and start shaking in middle of Shmon Esrei. You don't, do, you don't take a Lua of an Esrei in middle of Shmon Esrei. You don't, if a poor man's walking by, you stop davening, you give him a buck? You can't do that in middle of Shmon Esrei. Middle of Shmon Esrei, you like put on tefillin? No. So what are you blowing the shofar for in middle of Shmon Esrei? You know how to do a mitzvah in middle of Shmon Esrei? Because shofar is davening. It is a tefillah. The shofar, blowing the shofar itself is a form of intense prayer. 
That's why it is completely appropriate to blow the shofar in Mirosh Ma'asai, because it's not just a mitzvah that we have to do. It's intensive prayer. And therefore, therefore, Bilam looks at Klai Yisrael and he says, look how great the Jewish people are. They have true asmelech. They have an element of prayer that the Goyim don't have. Yeah, Goyim could daven Hashem. They could say, God help me. God will help them. God helps all mankind. But the intensive form of prayer, they don't have. They don't have a shofar. And we'll try to explain why. Why don't they, why can't, look, if a non-Jew is in trouble, why can't he also let him take out a shofar and that will be his prayer. Why can't he do that? But we're going to come to a very incredible idea. Look at number 21. Why is it necessary if blowing the shofar is a form of prayer, it's a type of davening, what do we need it for? What, regular davening is not good enough? Why can't? The whole year, we say the words, we daven, we daven, we daven, we speak with our mouths. Why do we need a new form of prayer on Rosh Hashanah? Why do we need a new form of prayer? We need a, on Rosh Hashanah, regular tefillah is not good enough. We need intensive prayer? What is the whole idea? Say it outside, then we'll, we'll take a look at it inside. Remember, why can't the Kohen Gadol go into the Kodesh Akdashim with his golden clothing on Yom Kippur? Because he thinks he's appeasing Hashem, he's bringing the Jewish people atonement, but in reality, he's not bringing atonement. In reality, he's reminding Hashem of, of the Chet Ego, of the sin of the golden calf. He thinks he's bringing atonement, but in reality, he's just reminding Hashem of the golden calf. Here's the problem. Regular prayer is not going to be good for us in Rosh Hashanah. Because remember we said, whenever you dab in Shemona Esrei, it's as if you're standing in the Kodesh Akdashim. What instrument are we using when we normally dab in Shemona Esrei? Our mouths, right? So here it is. We come every time we dab in Shemona Esrei. We want to get kapara. We want to gain everything we need from Hashem. So we start speaking to Hashem with our mouth. We have a big problem. Hashem's going to say, you're talking to me with your mouth? That mouth that you use for Lashon Hara? and Rechilos, and speaking insulting your friend, and speaking badly about your friend, and speaking idle chatter, you're trying to daven with that mouth? You think you're doing something good by davening, but really by going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim and speaking to me, you're really bringing much more accusation. You'd been better off had you not davened in the first place. Because here, you think you're going to the Kodesh HaKadoshim and you're praying, Hashem says, look at the instrument you're using to pray. You're using your mouth that you've defiled the whole year. So Hashem did us a favor. He said, Rosh Hashanah, I don't want you getting into any trouble. Forget about the mouth. You're going to do use a new kind of davening on Rosh Hashanah. A kind of davening you don't have to use your vocal cords. You don't have to use your teeth. You don't have to use your lips. It is a sound that emanates from the neshama. It bypasses the mouth. This way, when I look at your tefillah, and the satan comes and says, Hashem, you're listening to this guy's tefillah, look what he used his mouth for. Hashem says, no, 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 he's not using his mouth now. He's using the shofar. He's, he's avoiding the whole issue. It's like the Kohen Gadol who goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. He takes off his golden clothing on Yom Kippur. He puts on white clothing. He doesn't want to remind Hashem of anything bad. It's the same thing on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, we avoid, we say, Hashem, we're not using our mouth to carry up the tefillah. This time we're using a new thing. We're using something called the shofar. The shofar bypasses the normal vehicles of speech. What happens though, I don't mean, know, it's I'm totally unrelated, but like on Shabbos, obviously, you don't, you don't blow shofar on Shabbos. It doesn't mean that the tefillahs that are on, on Shabbos, when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos, they, they're, le they're less 
less of a thriller uh, than a, a normal Rosh Hashanah? It, it's, it's a very big question, how we could forego blowing the shofar on Shabbos. Because of the many zechusim of the shofar, and we forego everything. And, it, and this idea really magnifies the question. Right, because, um, especially we're saying we, we badafka, use the shofar because we're worried maybe our tefillos will have some type of imperfection with it. So we bypass the tefillah. So yeah, it magnifies the question how we could forego listening to the, sho- uh, listening to the shofar on Shabbos. Take a look at number 21. This is from the Beis HaLevi. The Beis HaLevi writes, We find in Masech the Rosh Hashanah, Why does the Kohen Gadol not go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim in the gold clothing? The reason is, The prosecuting attorney cannot become a defense attorney. But what do you mean the Kohen Gadol wears the golden clothing outside? So Gemara says, not a problem. Mashani, the Gemara answers, Lefnim Karminon. It's only a problem in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Says the Beis HaLevi, if it's a problem in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there's another thing we do in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Every time you dive in Shemona Esrei, you're going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Hare Kamokein Amru, Chazal tell us likewise. Hamispalel, someone who davin soch sheichavin esliboy keneged beis kodesh hakadoshim. He has to have kavana as if he's standing in the kodesh hakadoshim. Imkain harehu lefnim. So he's on the inside. For shamein katego nasasanega. And inside the kodesh hakadoshim, we have a problem. We don't want your defendant to become your prosecutor. The kivan. If with those tools that Hashem gave you, you've already defiled them with Lashon Hara or Achilas, that's why the Tfilos potentially will not be answered. There's an idea that before a person davens, he should try to do tshuva and repent, especially for sins he's committed with his mouth. Because here, he's coming to Hashem, Hashem, give me a year of life, Hashem, give me this, Hashem, give me good health, Hashem, give me livelihood. Hashem, make me successful. Hashem says, what tool are you using? You're using your mouth? <laughs> what kind of chutzpah do you have to come to me with that mouth that you've defiled? So there's an idea to do tshuva for Averos that a person committed with his mouth before he davens. So what do we do on Rosh Hashanah? That's really when we need tefillah. Says Beis Halevi, look in the second paragraph. One, two, three, four, five, seven lines from the bottom. Now we can understand that which the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah. Say before me, to crown me upon you. Say so that your remembrance should come up before me for the good. But what tool should you use, says the Gemara of What tool? The shofar. You better use the shofar. Don't use your mouth. Perush, says the Beis HaLevi. You know what this means? Shelo al yedei motzos hapeh. Don't use the tools of your mouth. Rak umka deliba. It has to come from the depth of your heart. V'derach kol shofar And the passageway through which the sound of the shofar is produced it is not through the normal vehicle of speech. Shofar, as we say, is a kind of tefillah, but it is different than regular tefillah. The tefillah the whole year, we use different organs, different tools. The sound of the shofar is produced from the inside, from the neshama of the Jew. 
Why? Because we don't want to take any chances on Rosh Hashanah and use a tool that maybe we're better off not using. What about then? We don't carry, we don't bought a shofar on Shabbos because we want, don't want people to carry the shofar to shul or because we're going to take it to learn by somebody. But if you're afraid you're going to die one minion, so why don't you just blow it at home for yourself? And let's say, you know, you're not going to take it out. You're not going to take it out from the house. You'll blow for yourself in, in your house if you have your own shofar. Why, why would that be considered moksa, you know, even though you're not really carrying it and you're not... It, but it, it's very, from what it's saying here, it's very important to listen to the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole idea that we don't blow shofar on Shabbos because we're afraid you might carry it is very questionable. It's very problematic because I mean, it's hard to understand. Because yeah, the Gemara yeah. doesn't even say you're going to take it out of your house and bring it to a Chacham. The Gemara actually says you're going to find the shofar in the street yeah. and take it to a Chacham. Anyone here ever find the shofar in the street? doesn't happen. So because of a one in a billion chance you're going to find the shofar in the street and you might carry it on Shabbos, we forego the shofar, you see how strict every little halacha of Shabbos is. That the Chachamim say, don't blow the shofar because maybe accidentally you'll find the shofar in the street and you'll carry it. It's worth it to lose out on the home of shofar so that one Jew doesn't accidentally violate a small halacha of Shabbos. If we're now out of Lush Shofar and Shabbos, why do we blow it on Yom Kippur? No, no, he's no. saying like on Yom Kippur, if Yom Kippur comes on Shabbos, we even yeah. fast on Yom Kippur. Yeah, on Shabbos, that we don't forego it like, like we do for right. uh, the Shofar blowing. Thank you. Uh, I know, that's what you said, yeah. yeah. I understand Bukharian, what are you talking about? So that's a good question. Why do we forego... Why do we forego... Um, Shofar blowing, and you, and you don't forego the fasting, fasting on, okay. on Yom Kippur. Because if, uh, fasting is also kapara on Yom Kippur. Right. So, you know, we do fast. So we the same fast. thing, the, the same thing that... Because... On Shabbos, you know? On Shabbos, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Not eating on Shabbos is not a biblical violation. In other words, it doesn't say in the Torah you have to eat on Shabbos. If that's only a mitzvah from the Nevi and from the prophets. So it's not a mitzvah in the Chumash. But when the month, when the month but fell, can't. you had a double on Friday for Shabbos. Uh, you had double, but yeah. it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah you must eat on Shabbos. Huh. It's a mitzvah, but it's not. It's a mitzvah from the prophets. It's not a mitzvah from the Torah. In fact, if somebody, let's say, has a bad dream on Shabbos, and he's very, very worried about it, you're allowed to fast on Shabbos. What do you mean? But you have to eat. No, it doesn't say you have to eat. It says you have to enjoy. For this guy, he enjoys fasting because he's worried about his dream. On Yom Tov, the mitzvah is to eat. On Shabbos, the mitzvah is to enjoy. Different mitzvah. On, Yom, on Shabbos, the mitzvah is oneg. Shabbos is oneg. Okay, for me, I, I don't like eating, so I don't have to eat. On Yom Tov, the mitzvah is not enjoy. The mitzvah is be happy. You can't be happy without eating. You can enjoy without eating, but you can't be happy. Very fine difference. This year, the yeah. Yom Tov is coming four days, right? Yeah. This year. How we can eat, how we can cook on the Yom Tov? Yom Tov, you can cook. How you, you can, can cook? You can cook. Yeah. How, if, if Yom Tov, you cannot even uh, light it on. No, you got to wait for the time when you put the light, no? Oh, you mean for Shabbos? I mean, how do you, how do you cook no, on Yom Tov no, for Shabbos? Not only in the Shabbos, before Shabbos, you know? So we make something called the Erev Tavshilin, which allows you to cook on Yom Tov 
for the next day for Shabbos. This year, like for Rosh Hashanah, before before Rosh Hashanah starts, you do Erev Tavshilin. You make yeah, a I don't know the yeah. yeah, you make so that allows you to cook from Yantav for Shabbos. But you're not allowed to pair from one day to the next. You have to wait till like for the first day. Well, the rabbi told you do after the first day. When it's nighttime, then you can light candles and you can start heating up the food to, yeah, to prepare it for the meal. You can't do it before. Okay, just want to say one more thing. So. What we're trying to say is that when Bilam looks at the Jewish people and he says, look at the Jewish people, they have true Asmelech, what he's saying is, we have a form of prayer that the nations of the world do not have. What is that? The shofar. Why can't the nations of the world blow the shofar? Let them also sincerely blow the shofar as a sound to Hashem. The answer is, what is the shofar? Where does it emanate from? It emanates from the depths of the neshama. When it comes to a Jew, the depths of the neshama of every Jew is to come close to Hashem. For the Gemara, the Mishnah says in Gittin, let's say you have a guy who he's not, for whatever reason, we need to have him divorce his wife. So the Chachamim could force him to divorce his wife. The Gemara asks, what do you mean? You're not allowed to give a get against your will. You're not allowed to give a document of divorce against your will. You have to want to do it. So how could we force you to give a get? So the Gemara says, we force you until you say, I want to do it. I mean, we hit you, we hit you, we hit you, and he said, no, no, I want to do it, I want to do it. The rabbi asked, what do you mean? But he doesn't want to do it. He's just saying, I want to do it because he doesn't want to be smacked. The Rambam says, deep down, every Jew wants to do the right thing. Every Jew's neshama wants to do what Hashem wants. Sometimes the Yitzhahara gets in the way, so we give him a little, we whack him, and then he says, yeah, I want to do it. When a Jew blows the shofar, it comes from the neshama. The neshama of a Jew is completely pure. So therefore, the Jewish people have the shofar. But if the nations of the world were to blow the shofar coming from their soul, we, don't, we can't say the same thing. We can't say that the core of the neshama of all mankind is to do the will of God. That is something that only applies to the Jewish people. The tefillah, the guy prays to Hashem, Hashem will answer. But the shofar is the sound of the neshama. It is from the very depths of the core of the Jewish soul that is something only a yid has. Deep down, the neshama of every Jew wants to come close to Hashem, wants to do mitzvot, wants to learn Torah. The sound of the shofar is the sound of the neshama, and that's why it is a form of prayer that only Klai Yisrael has. Shkayach.